Gazy, that's you. DJ, I'm breathing out what's your name. Your favorite team is DJ, me. If you don't want the place to stay, you know how it's DJ, me. back here to TJMB in a hot week to begin October, but a gloomy sky falling over New England following a terrible week in Patriots football. Tim Duffy Bengatino here. Ben, how you feeling, brother? Um, Patriots-wise, not good at all. Myself, I'm feeling pretty good. You know, life's, life's going pretty well, but... You're always feeling pretty good. That's why I love you, man. Yeah, I love you too, bro, but, you know... <laughs> The Patriots does wean on you a little bit when they're uh, playing like this, you know. Obviously, you still go through life, and quality of life is good. But, you know, football can play a pretty big part into it, you know, emotionally, especially on the weekends. Especially if you're guys like us. We're back here Thursday coming up. The pre-weekend nights are with Thursday night football. But let's rewind a little bit to what's been lingering over this New England, you know, forecast all week. I mean, just gloomy skies. Patriots coming off of the worst loss of the Bill Belichick career uh, era in New England. I think of his career, too, and his 20, 29 years of being a head coach in the NFL. A 38-3 to defeat against the Dallas Cowboys. Nothing went right for the Pats in this game. Mac Jones looked terrible. Offense looked terrible. And, you know, the, the Cowboys just ate up all over the Patriots. Simple to say that. I mean, it was just the worst fucking game of football I've ever watched in my life. I mean, yeah, I, I, I mean, it it was kind of like, it was kind of the breaking point for me. You know what I mean? Like I, at this point, I'm, I'm pretty done. I mean, if you've listened to this podcast for at least two of our seasons now, you, you know that I've always stuck up for Belichick and always tried to have his back, even when at some points you didn't, Tim. But at this point, a lot I, of the time. At, at this point, I don't. At this point, I'm very done. I think that – I think Belichick does need to go at this point. I'm, I'm honestly in that boat now. I think I was very wrong when I stuck up for him. Um, But it it's not to take away from what he's done. Like, I still think he's the best coach of all time. But, listen, man, all good things come to an end, and everyone loses steam at some point. And when you look at – the last four years of this Patriots team, you look at GM Belichick or coach Belichick, it's just, it's all been atrocious. The, the people he drafts, the free agents he get, he brings in the coaches he hires. It's just all a mess. It's all a mess. And there's a bunch of question marks around the team at all times. And I'm just sick of it, man. I, I think last week was truly my, extreme breaking point and I mean when I look out at the rest of the season if we do bad and I've never been in this boat but maybe it's not the worst thing in the world when you look at how stacked this class coming up is in the draft maybe a high draft pick Very good class. is where we need to look so 
I don't know, man. I, it, I'm very upset with the Patriots, but it's also a confusing state, you know, because we've never really been in this boat where you want us to lose. Maybe outside of the Cam Newton year, towards the end of the year, where you're like, all right, well, maybe we should lose some games to get a better draft pick. I don't know, man. I, I don't know what we have to do going forward because it seems like Belichick's going to stay. I just don't really see Kraft firing him or even questioning his job for whatever reason. But my thing is, like, if you look at the last four years of this Patriots team, right, and the lack of success that we've had that that we're expecting as fans, if this was any other coach for another team, they'd be fired. Like, no questions asked. A, a coach on any other team that had the last four years that Belichick has, they'd be fired. So yeah. – that's why I'm in the boat now where Belichick needs to go because if this was anyone else, they wouldn't have a job right now. I mean, he's just a glorified Mike Zimmer at this point. You know, keeping his job, but um, you know, you mentioned that stack draft class next year. There's a lot, in my opinion. I was saying we should tank for Kale Williams, but you know, being one and three in the schedule the Patriots have probably won't lose as many games as that would take, but you know, you mentioned the stacked draft class, and the last really stacked draft class that we saw was in 2021, including our own quarterback, Mac Jones, or what was supposed to be a stacked draft class. Mac Jones on Sunday, 12 of 21, a buck 50, two picks. Um, you know, threw that horrible pick six across his body, didn't get that fourth and one off the QB sneak. Um, you know, even the other fourth and one earlier in the game, fucking throwing a kick and a field goal inside the 10 yard line. That's why I think the Patriots lost the game truthfully, but it just shows Mac Jones three. I think he's like three and 20 against playoff teams in his career. And that's not even including this season against three teams who probably should make the playoffs in, in the Eagles, Dolphins and Cowboys. But what a fucking disaster. And, you know, everyone on Twitter, everyone on Facebook, you know, Patriots talk Instagram too, where just any social media you can think of, was saying, I'm done with Mac Jones. I'm done with Mac. But in my personal opinion, I think Mac Jones is a respectable quarterback in the NFL. I think he's a, a mid to lower tier quarterback if he's put in the right situation. You know, I said this earlier this week. Imagine if Shanahan had some balls three years ago and took Mac Jones instead of listening to John Lynch and the rest of the, in the media about taking Trey Lance. You know, Mac Jones is probably a franchise quarterback in that 49ers offense. But, dude, it's just like... He's definitely part of the blame, but the fact the Patriots have failed to give him a solid receiving core. I mean, we talk about it pretty much every single podcast we have. I mean, just the lack of receiver one. You're saying Juju Smith-Schuster this offseason. He has 11 catches for under 100 yards through four games this year. I mean, it's fucking pitiful. I mean, I mean Bill O'Brien, he's not the worst offensive coordinator, but like, so what, what can he do really with this personnel that the Patriots have? Um, what can Mac Jones do? I mean, it's it's terrible. It's atrocious. I'm not the biggest Mac defender. I, I've had my quarrels with Mac Jones in the past, internally and externally. But just like you, you can't help but think, if the, if he had a better team around him offensively, he, he'd be a more modest quarterback. You know, it's like the Patriots are still, and Belichick especially, is still building this team around as if Tom Brady is still the quarterback of this team. I mean, you can't get these cheap receivers on the market, you know, 75 overall type of guys and expect 
a third year quarterback still on his rookie deal who's coming off the worst year of his probably football career, you know, going back to college to to be good, to be competent. And it's just awful. It's terrible. Yeah, and I mean, going forward with Mac Jones, I'm like as of this moment, I'm kinda in the other boat than you. Like I'm kind of done with Mac Jones too. I'm kind of open too, but it's not all of his fault, you know. It, it it's not all of his fault, but like still, it's just like we're in a league now where you need a quarterback that doesn't necessarily have to always be in the right position, but can still make that play. And Mac Jones just like isn't that guy. And like we we always bring up like if he was on the 49ers, he'd be amazing, right? And it's like even Brock Purdy, right? Like some people think he's a little overhyped. See, that's the thing I don't anymore. Like I think I think Brock Purdy is genuinely a top fifteen quarterback in the league right now, and I think Me he'd too. still be successful on other teams. Not all teams, obviously. Like if he's on the Panthers, I think it's pretty hard for anyone to succeed on the Panthers right now, or like the Bears, you know, teams like that. But I think Brock Purdy is a genuinely good QB that could still make plays even if he's not in the right situation at all times. But obviously the Niners are just so good that pretty much any quarterback is going to be good on their team. Mac Jones is just like you would need an absolutely stacked team for him to be good. And I just don't see that being a quick turnaround with the Patriots where, you know, after the season we might have to start looking at an extension. After next year we would have to extend them if we didn't this year. And I just don't see that as a good option for the team. I think going forward, we just need to take a shot on someone else at this point. You know, with the loaded draft class, it it brings more excitement to the fans, a little more hope than just knowing what we're going to get, which is a ton of mediocrity that needs a ton of support around them. There's maybe five quarterbacks in this year's draft that could go in the first round, you know, but – is that going to fix the problem? Are any of these guys going to come in and fix the problem? The answer is, in my opinion, is probably no. Unless it's Caleb Williams, a guy like that, who I think is going to be the next Mahomes. I, I mean, you might say I meet Rod Caleb Williams a little bit, but he's a, he's a fucking beast. He's a beast. No, I mean, but, you're, not, you're not wrong when you talk about Caleb Williams. You know what I mean? Like, it, you just yeah. you watch the tape. I mean, it. he's there, you know? Yeah, and, you know, even with this game, I mean, you're right. I mean, Mac Jones can't extend plays. He probably Rex Ryan came on ESPN this week, so he probably is the weakest arm in the league. Um, and Mac Jones, I mean, the way he's looking now, he had that really great first game against the Eagles. But like you said, I mean, this offseason, the Patriots are gonna have decision time. Do you want to pick up Mac Jones' fifth year option? Right now it's looking like no. Truth be told, it's looking like it's not gonna happen. So this 2021 draft class, quarterback wise, you know, with five guys going in the top 15. Only one of them looks decent, Trevor Lawrence. Who's, even he's had a pretty bad year so far, too. But it's just so disappointing, man. It just – Patriots sucked. I mean, you can't even say anything around it. You know, that that Mickey Mouse Madden fake PAT, the punter throwing the tight end on the two on the extra point attempt. I mean, it's just disgusting. I had to be with my girlfriend in her fucking Dallas Cowboys shirt watching this oh, bullshit, you know. Um, it hurt. I didn't even hurt that bad because at some point when he threw the pick six, I just laughed. I was like, dude, like this team sucks. I don't even know what else to say, bro. 
the the funniest part about that pick six is earlier in that drive, he threw a ball across. He threw a ball across the field, and it almost got picked. And then he just did the same exact thing, like two plays later. It it was one of the craziest things I've ever seen. They teach that in high school, man. And you know what? You know what? We we spent a good majority of the pod last week shitting on Zach Wilson. I think we got to apologize, man. I mean, I know it's just one game, but like yeah. the fact of how hard we shit on him and he performed out there, man. Balled I, out. I yeah. think besides like that fumble at the end, which was like really killer, like that might have lost on the game. He played very competently and actually looked like he had some promise, you know. And yes, I know it's one game, so I'm not going to put too much on it, but I'm going to give respect where it's due, you know what I mean? And I'm going to say sorry to Zach Wilson because. We should hunt him very hard last last pod, and he proved us wrong, man, at least for one game. Let's see if he can keep it going. I mean, it was kind of justified at the time, but just sorry from the offense for a sec. Defense, you know, didn't play their best game, obviously. I mean, it was a lot of short fields set up by the Patriots offense, turned the ball over as well. A couple – two touchdowns allowed by the offense, you know, defensively the Cowboys too. So, you know, on the stat sheet, the defense didn't play terribly, but – Suffering some big injuries. I mean, Chris Gonzalez, torn labrum, out for the season most likely. Matt Drew on Allen definitely well. With the bicep injury, had surgery yesterday. And just as a response, the Patriots getting the boy back, J.C. Jackson from the Chargers, you know, who had, I think it was 22 interceptions in, in a three-year span for the Patriots from 2019 to 2021. Ballhawk was horrible in Los Angeles. Um, crazy trade. I mean, it, it kind of surprised me, but it really shouldn't have. You know, you see a lot of Patriots guys come back. We've talked about before, and JC Jackson, you know, the ex that wants that wants another, uh, you know, some breakup sex real quick. So hopefully, um, hopefully for the bats, JC can fill in that void for Chris Gonzalez, who's looking like the defensive rookie of the year front runner up until Sunday. Yeah, I mean, I think. I think he's going to be better than people think because obviously a lot of people are down on him right now, but it's kind of like the trend of when Patriots corners leave besides Stefan Gilmore, you know, they just kind of turn into shit for whatever reason, but yeah, I think he's going to, I think he's going to make some plays for us, man. It's, we used to call him Mr. INT. I expect him to get a couple of those, especially when you look at, you know, we played Derek Carr this weekend or Jameis Winston, which was a great opportunity for him to get a pick, you know, and then sure is. Uh maybe Jimmy G next week or Aiden O'Connell, which I'll be at that game. Uh in Vegas? Yeah. You're going to Vegas when? Yeah, next week. No way. Who are you going with? I'm going with my dad, my brother, uncle, cousin. That's sick. That's yeah. crazy. That's crazy. Um, but you know. He's gonna he's gonna make some plays on defense. It's big that we brought him in because we have no corners left. But on the other hand, it's like you trade for a corner, but you can't trade for a wide receiver. It's like, come on, man. You know, I, I think dude, wide, really I think wide receiver is a way bigger need at this point. No, yeah, I mean it definitely is. <laughs> you see no separation from these wideouts, game in, game out. It's just fucking pitiful to watch. But you know, on to um on to New Orleans at home. Um looking at this game, like you said, it's either gonna be Jameis Winston or Derek Carr who's week to week. It'll probably be Carr after he played last week. But the Patriots coming in this game, it's a pick 'em. 
at Gillette Stadium, one o'clock on Sunday. So, Benny, I mean, pick them, Saints, Pats, over under 39 and a half. I mean, I don't even know who to take, bro, after that fucking game Sunday. But, yeah, uh, I mean, it's what like are you thinking? Obvi- it's like, obviously, I'm going to take the Patriots, but, um, dude, like, I am just so angry with this team because. I'd be up like so many units on the NFL season if it wasn't for the Pats because every week I've put a unit on their spread and a unit on their money line. And it's just like, dude, I've been doing good with my other picks. Like the bets I'm actually taking besides like, I know we pick all the games on, on this pod. So obviously I'm not taking every single game, but like the three or four that I usually pick, I'm doing pretty well on. And then the Pats just screw me. Um, every time, every single time. So I'm really like, I'm really pissed off with the Pats, but I'm probably going to take them again this weekend. Because it seems like in these spots too is when the Pats really play well. It's like when they play really shitty, they'll bounce back, at least in the past. So I think we will play at least some better football on Sunday, enough to beat the Saints. But this is definitely, I think the line is right where it should be. This is a toss-up game. Sure is. I'm going to take the packs in this one after everything we just said. So um, for a team that's averaging 13 points a game, New England, I'm going to take the Pats 16 to 13. Derek Carr, only one win against the Patriots. That was that Mickey Mouse touchdown to Keelan Cole last year and the Chandler Jones fumble return on the lunatic lateral. Give me the Pats beating Derek Carr again. 16, 13. Chad Ryland at the buzzer, who's also looked fucking terrible this season, too. Um, <laughs> give me the Pats, but I, I don't even want to take the Pats. I just, it's, it's, it could be a pick me up game. I mean, it's really a gross bet. That Saints defense is looking good this year. Um, actually, no, dude, give me the Saints. We're not going to win this game. Wow. Tank for the tank for Caleb's happening. The Saints are going to win this game 20 to 10. Final score. Hey, I, I, I don't blame you for taking that, honestly. Like, I, I could totally see the Saints winning this game. And if I wasn't a Pats fan, I would put, like, 20 bucks on the Saints, dude. You know? Oh, yeah. So many of the Pats spreads are just because Belichick is the coach and Pat, the Pats have been favored in Vegas for so long. And, you know, why do you think that – I mean, like I said, last week I thought that plus seven was crazy for the Pats, but it should have been plus ten, honestly. Um, that was abysmal. This team has no confidence. You know, there's just no rhythm in this offense. It's bad. It's bad. It's really bad. So, give me the Saints with that tough defense. Mac Jones is going to cry and sprain his ankle and fucking come off the field like a bitch. So, um, no, I don't want to give him any bad juju. That was that was messed up. But um, I, I, I was just watching that video of him uh, coming off the field against the Ravens last year with the ankle sprain. He was like, ah, ah. Uh, so bad. <laughs> so, so um, yeah. Give me the Saints, twenty to ten, final score. I'll take Pats, twenty thirteen. All right. So that's our Pats talk here on TGB following the horrendous outing against the Dallas Cowboys. So, can we uh, uh can we talk about this Thursday night game real quick? Yeah, Thursday night game. I mean, we have. I've the been Bears. I've been having trouble with it all day. Plus six against the Washington Commies. You know, this was this was a Thursday night game last year from Chicago. The Commanders won 12-7 with Carson Wentz's MVP with Carson Wentz, not MVP, at quarterback. 
Um, that's a that's a fat spread for the Commanders, who coming off of a very competitive loss against the Philadelphia Eagles last week. Um, this is gonna it's a tough one, man. I mean, <laughs> six is a lot of points, dude. It's like all like I don't know why, but like something in me is just like telling me the Bears are gonna win, you know. But it's just like plus two thirty five, Ben. It's such a hard bet to justify, you know, because they really are just like so bad. But it's like when you look at them on paper, it's like Fields, DJ Moore, Daryl Mooney, you know, like Cole Komet. Like they should be like competent, you know. But they just play so bad and their defense is so bad. So it's like I've been having trouble with this game. I think six is a lot of points, but I could totally see the commanders covering too. The the play I took in this game is under 45. I think I think we're gonna see some pretty gross football. You know, the commanders might be a little beat up. Yeah. Just went into overtime with the Eagles. Had to fight in the trenches that game against one of the best D lines in the league and best O lines in the league. So they might be a little beat up. I took the under 45, but I'm also kind of eyeing the Bears. What do you think, Tim? Like I it's tough, man. <laughs> Honestly, I mean, this Commanders team, uh, their offense looked pretty good this year, except for that Buffalo game. Um, but, like, think about the Cardinals game, too. Like, they've kind Cardinals of played game. to their competition this year. Yeah. Um, two and two team, probably one of the uglier two and two teams we've seen in the NFL. But they haven't looked bad. I mean, they, they could have really won last week in overtime had that Eagles defender's arm not been in Terry McLaurin's way to get down and bounds. So, but six is a lot of points. For, I, I I wouldn't. I don't think I'm going to take Sam Howell by a touchdown. Now the Bears have been terrible defensively. So the Canaries have been pretty bad defensively too. You know, allowing 33 plus in their last three games. They've been one of the worst defensive scoring teams in the league. So I'm going to take the Bears plus six in this game. Fields wow. coming off a career game. Fields coming off of a career game last week. Three, 335 yards and four touchdowns against the Broncos in that abysmal collapse one of the worst collapses i've seen in recent memory i mean that was terrible that was awful (laughs) but um it's the bears what do you expect um i think bears lose this game still commanders win 24 20 24 19 i'll say um now i'm gonna take the over on this game it's gonna be a high scoring game two terrible defenses it's gonna be 30 to 25 final and the thing is is if the Bears lose this game, I think we have a serious conversation about the Bears firing Matt Eberflus. That's what week. they're saying. They're saying if the Bears lose tonight, he might lose his job. I mean, this he is maybe one of the worst coaches in the NFL. Head coach is probably the worst right now. Just the way he's been playing. I'm going to take Bears. No, I don't even want to take the I would never bet on the Bears, dude, but I don't even want to touch this game tonight. I know. I'm it's not, tough, dude. The Amazon Prime fucking game i don't know if i want to even touch that but <laughs> give me the uh give me the bears man plus six but it's it's close it's close yeah gross game but hopefully we'll have some fun with it you know i just don't even know why the nfl's doing this to us putting these two teams on prime time against each other it's for crazy the second straight they did year. It last year and it, went and it was a, it was one of the worst games of the year last year and then they just do it again it's crazy. It really, really makes no sense. But I mean, Sam Howell, giving Sam Howell a touchdown spread is ballsy from Vegas. Ballsy. I mean, that, that just really shows how 
much they hate the Bears or really how much the analytics be against the Bears. So I think it's a lot of points. I think you might have to go with Washington and mine in six. But I'm going to take Chicago plus six on some cheeky backdoor cover. Wow. Cheeky. Absolutely full of cheek. I'm kind of looking for the Bears. I'm not going to lie. Like, I want them to win tonight. I, I don't. I, I love to see the Bears lose. But actually, <laughs> I want the Bears to win so that the Pats can continue tanking with some competition. Exactly. Less That's competition. Better position in the draft. Yeah, and that would be awesome because fuck the Bears, dude. Yeah, ah, Bears. One of my boys from college is a Bears fan. He's from Chicago. And, uh, you know, he, he's always like, bro, like, I fucking hate this team. <laughs> like, they're that's been my that's been my uh motto like the last couple of weeks. Like when I'm texting people during the Pats, I'll just say, fucking hate this team. Well, I've seen it. I've seen it a couple times, man. <laughs> I, you know, I think we all hate this team right now. It's it's bad. A lot of teams to hate in the NFL. Lots of teams lots of teams to hate. But for your fantasy teams, you know, we got some two guys coming back this week. Potentially. There's been no straight verdict yet. I think we're actually gonna play this week. But Cooper Cup is one of the guys coming in off the IR in practice this week. With that three-week period or four-week period he has until he can go back on IR for the season. And for Cooper Cup, I mean, we haven't seen this guy play since, I think, week nine of last year. It's been almost a year since we've, able to be able, since we've been able to see one of the greatest white receivers of all time. And... I hope he comes back. He's on my team in our league. I really, I really need him. I have Puka too, but Cooper Cup. I mean, what do you think about Cooper Cup returning? I think it's gonna be huge. And do you think it's gonna make Puka Nakua worse for fantasy? I honestly don't. I mean, obviously you gotta like take it into account and maybe he'll start getting like seven or eight receptions instead of like ten to fifteen. But I think uh I think Puka will still do very well. And um no, I I don't think it'll I don't think it'll weigh on his production all too much to be honest with you. I mean, he looked great, and I think the biggest thing in this equation is Stafford has looked very healthy now, and I think he's going to be able to hit him still. So if you have Pukunkua, I'd I'd hang on to him. I definitely wouldn't trade him or definitely wouldn't sit him until he proves you to do that. You know what I mean? I I think he's going to be fine still. I think it arguably is going to make him better. I mean, Puka Nakua, yeah. 40 catches through the first four games of his rookie career, of his whole NFL career. That's unheard of. That's pretty crazy when you put it into perspective. So um, I think Cup coming back is going to open up that offense a lot more. I mean, Stafford's been pretty good this year, dialing the ball up to different receivers, different guys making plays all the time. So that's what they really do. I mean, you, you can see what you all about the Rams offense, you know, being a force feed type of offense with Cooper Cup. Last year, again, nine catches a game through his first nine games. Um, he finished with 75 catches in eight and a half games played, which is crazy, dude. So um, I just think that um, Puka's value right now, I think mean, that's a great way you put it. I mean, start him until you have a reason to bench him. Um, I'm going to have them both in the same team. So that could be villainous for me, could be bad for me if I start them both and the offense sucks in general, but I just think there's so much upside with this Rams offense. You can't go wrong with either guy in your lineup. Um, yeah, I mean, expect, especially if you're looking immediately like at this week, they're playing 
they're playing the Eagles at home, and I mean they're gonna have to pass the ball. You know what I mean? I I have trouble seeing them be able to establish the run on the Eagles D line. So they're gonna be a pass first offense on Sunday, and those two guys are gonna be huge. So they could each get ten receptions. I could totally see that happening. I think so too. I mean, ten ten each is a lot. That's that's a lot, but maybe at least seven each. You know, I think that would that'd be more reasonable. But another guy coming back to practice this week says he's committed to the grind. If he wasn't, he wouldn't be in practice. It's Jonathan Taylor focusing on his Colts future, saying, "I'm here right now." And Taylor haven't seen him play since. The end of last season, either missed five games last year. I think it might have been six, actually. But, you know, still had a, over 800 yards on the ground. And Zach Moss has been really good in that Colts offense, taking over the bulk of the backfield. Jonathan Taylor, though, I mean, two years ago was the rushing champ by a wide margin. And now he's back in action, getting back on the field. And you know, how long, how crazy it's been. I traded for him in one league, my league with my boys from school. I said the upside's too high. I took a gamble on him, and it looks like he might be back. Yeah, I, in the in our dynasty league, when I traded Chubb for Jonathan Taylor before the season, it's looking like a good trade now. It wasn't before, but you know the uh, tables have turned, and Jonathan Taylor's going to be back. I think he's going to obviously be a beast like he usually is. I mean, there's no one else in that Colts backfield right now besides Zach Moss, who has just been mediocre. I think the Colts run game is going to be just insane as a whole because Anthony Richardson, his legs are a real weapon for them right now too, four rushing touchdowns already. So I think it's going to be great for the Colts offense. I hope he does play for the Colts. I honestly do think it's still the best scenario for him if he wants to be an RB1, but I'm excited, man. I can finally play this guy on my dynasty team. Me too. I'm excited too. Got him in the IR slot in my league the last couple of weeks. And you know, it's gonna be a second until he's able to get back to full speed, I think. I think it's gonna be a little bit shaky at first. Won't, won't be getting, you know, the overwhelming bulk of the carries early on in his return, but you know, it looks like he will be back with the Colts the rest of the year. I mean, that Colts team as exceed expectations already through the first four games. They're very Poet offense, you know, coming back from a 23-0 hole last week, too, against the Rams to eventually lose in overtime. But John Taylor's on that team. We're going to be looking at the Colts as the potential AFC South champions. I mean, everyone in that division is 2-2 two two right now. That shit is wide open. Your and Titans bet is looking good, honestly. Not looking bad. The Titans bet three units on them to win the division. I think it was like plus 300 or something crazy like that. They're starting to come to form, I'm telling you. Everyone is just overrating Jacksonville all year. Like, when was the last time the Jags won back-to-back division titles? Answer, before we were born. 98-99 was the last time. I would have said never, to be honest. Won't happen again, I'll tell you that. We got eight <laughs> minutes left. We're going to do a speed round of our picks this week for week five. So starting off, one o'clock, or not one o'clock, and another London game for the Jags, plus five and a half against the Buffalo Bills. Bills coming off an absolute throttling of the Miami Dolphins. Jacksonville coming off of a ugly win against the Falcons last week. And, Ben, what do you got in this game? I'm going to go with the Jags. They're staying in London, so they're going to be ready. I like them. Give me the Jags plus five and a half. I like them plus five and a half, too. Like you said, staying in London, they've been on that long road trip trying to go 2-0 and for 
the uh, London fans who probably think they're the Patriots dynasty over there. I saw that on Twitter this week. So uh, give, give me the Jaguars plus five and a half. Texans, Falcons, Falcons minus two at home coming off the loss. And I'm dealing with CJ's trouble once again as an underdog. It hit last week in my parlay. Give me the Texans plus 110. Yeah, I hit Texans plus three last week, and I feel like I almost like them too much this week. So I'm going to go with the Falcons minus two. CJ Stroud, maybe the rookie of the year, question mark. Panthers, Lions from Detroit. Detroit is minus 10 against the rookie Bryce Young. The Panthers 0-4 in the year. and This one is not a great matchup for them going up against the 3-1 Lions. Give me the Lions minus 10. I don't even, I don't even care. Give me the Lions minus 10. The Panthers are fucking terrible. Yeah, I mean, double-digit spreads haven't done too, too well this season, but I'd probably take it in this case if I had to bet this game. I'd agree with Lions minus 10. Like you said, I mean, that that Panthers team, it's tough for anyone to succeed in Bryce Young. Some growing pains in this rookie year. Titans, Colts, Colts are plus two and a half at home and plus 120 on the money line, which I'm going to smash. Give me the Colts plus 120. You know, they showed so much fight last week. I know it's going to hurt my Titans' future, but Titans are getting back in Nashville later in the year, so give me the Colts. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. I, I've actually been loving this Colts team. I think they're a lot better than people think, so I'm going to take them at home getting getting points again. All right, Giants-Dolphins from Miami. Giants plus 12 following another ugly loss. And is this where the wheels come off the train in Miami, Ben? Yeah, I mean, here's where I take the double-digit points, but I'm not too confident in it. I mean... I couldn't agree more. I could not agree more. The Giants' O-line is the one of the worst O-lines I've ever seen. It was like the Colts' O-line last year when Matt Ryan was screaming his cadences at the top of his lungs, but now it's the Giants' O-line. It's absolutely terrible. I, I honestly don't put too much blame on Daniel Jones. I mean... He's still a buffoon throwing that pick six on the goal line. But, man, that offensive line's terrible. But I think they might be able to keep it within 12. I'm going to go with Giants plus 12. Actually, no. Give me the Dolphins minus 12. They're pissed off after that embarrassing loss against the uh, against the Bills. I know the Giants are pissed off too. But this is the day the music's going to die for Daniel Jones, just like it died for Mac Jones four days ago. So give me the Dolphins minus 12. I don't even care. I love – I think I've taken almost every double-digit spread we've had this season. Yeah, you've taken the favorite like every time. Give it to me. Ravens-Steelers, Ravens minus four and a half on the road. I'm taking the Steelers plus four and a half. I mean, they've played terrible this year offensively, but Ravens-Steelers is always, you know, a, a 19-16, 23-20 type of game. So, I think we'll see something, see something similar here. Give me the Steelers plus four and a half at home. Yeah, I liked it at four, so I'll definitely take it at four and a half. I, I like the Steelers plus four and a half. Classic Mike Tomlin at home underdog spot. Classic, but let's see if it actually works. So Bengals, Cardinals, Cardinals plus three at home. Who would have thought that would only be a three-point spread earlier in the year? Bengals looking like shit. I got to start burrowing fancy again with Gino on a bye. So um, I'm going to take – I'm going to take the Cardinals plus three in this game. Like, I never would have thought I would say that, but give me the Cardinals. Burrow yeah. just looks too limited. He looks terrible this year. Give me the Cardinals. It's Dobbs season, dude, and that defense is playing very, very hard, so I'm going to take the Cardinals plus three as well. Debuting their black uniforms as well. 
trying to make a statement at home. Bengals, are they going to fall the one and four? Cardinals are going to win this game outright, in my opinion. Yeah. Who would have thought? Who would have thought? Another four o'clock game, Eagles and the Rams. Rams are plus four and a half at home. I love the Rams plus four and a half at home. I, I think they're actually going to win this game outright. I think the Eagles finally met their match. They're kind of just squeaking by in all these games. They're still a good team, but I think this is the first week that they lose. I'm going to take the Rams plus four and a half and maybe even the money line too. Taking the Rams plus four and a half if Cooper Cup plays. If he doesn't, I like the birds in this one. Um, you know, I, I don't think this is a, the greatest matchup for the Rams defensively. Um especially with the way Jalen Hurts has looked playing this year. He's looked great this year. But if Cooper Cup plays, I think the Rams could win this one with a plus-180 money line. I could put it in a true parlay. I could see myself doing that on Sunday afternoon once the verdict is officially out. So give me the Rams plus one, plus four and a half if Cooper Cup's playing, and if not, give me the Birds. Jets, Broncos, Brees Hall going to place where he tore his ACL last year. Denver minus two coming off of a, a big victory last week. Their first win of the year. I think they're gonna kind of start to get it going right now. I'm gonna uh, actually, I'm gonna go with the Jets. I, I think their defense is gonna be too much for the Broncos. Money line plus one twenty five. Yeah, it, with that short of a spread, I would just go money line. I I think the Jets are gonna squeak out a win there. I'm gonna go with the Broncos minus two. I like Russell Wilson, Mister Unlimited, nine touchdown passes in four games this year is looking pretty good. Um, you know, the Jets. I don't trust Zach Wilson to have back to back good games, truth be told. So I'm gonna take the Broncos with the points at home. Chiefs, Vikings in that 425 p.m. America's game of the week. Vikings plus three and a half at home. And honestly, I like the Vikings plus three and a half. I think they're due. They're due. Yeah, all week I've been seeing Vikings, 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 Vikings. I'm going Chiefs. And have you? I I, I, see any of that. I think uh I think that's the, scary. I don't, I don't want to touch it now. Yeah, I think the Chiefs are going to take command of this game, and they might win by like double digits. I'm not gonna lie. I mean, Vikings going to score at least thirty points if they want to win this game. Honestly, okay. Mahomes coming off of a bad week against the Jets, throwing two picks should have been three at the end of the game, but you know some questionable officiating right there. Now the prime time games: Dallas and San Fran. Dallas plus three and a half going to Levi Stadium. What do you think, Ben? I, I'm I'm kind of drawing this game. Unreal game. I'm gonna go with the Cowboys getting the points here. I can see this being a field goal game either way. So I'm gonna go with the Cowboys. Taking the Cowboys plus one sixty five. They're gonna wow. give Brock Purdy their first his first truly bad game in the NFL. That that defense is gonna swarm them. You know they played them really hard in the in the in the game last year in the playoffs. Only lost by a touchdown and should have been a lot closer if Dak Prescott didn't suck. But we'll see. And final game of the week, Packers plus one against the Raiders. No money line on this game as the Raiders minus one at home in Monday Night Football. Give me the Packers again for the third straight week to close things out here on TJMB. Yeah, big Jordan Love guy. Give me the Packers. I know some question marks still around the Raiders quarterback play, but hey, it's TJMB. See you guys all next time for another episode. Go Pats, I guess. Go Pats. We have enough time to say that. Yes, sir.